0: Good morning everyone. <coughs> this is pet doc Donna, Donna Caliver, and I am doing a webisode, what do you call this episode? Episode. Um, on autoimmune diseases um, today because it is getting more and more common to see pets with dogs and cats. And I'll go over a few of those autoimmune diseases here in a second, but it's getting more and more common to see um, immune mediated disease or autoimmune disease. Um, basically, and it's very difficult to treat with Western medicine and in holistic medicine, um, we can often cure it. So it's not easy, um, (laughs) and, um, takes a lot of different approaches and I'll try to kind of consolidate those, but it's so nice to have a whole episode where we can talk about it, um, instead of on YouTube where I'm trying to go really fast. Um. But on youtube you can see i'm going to be posting and i have posted a lot of immune mediated disease so what is immune mediated disease it means that the the pet's own body is creating inflammation to try to destroy something that it shouldn't try to destroy so it's a very confused immune system um it thinks that say in the case of lupus that um that That we should attack our own muscles, that we should attack our own ligaments, that sort of thing. Um, Heart muscle. We think that the heart muscle or the muscle is a virus. And so that's what happens with these poor dogs. Um, You know, it's just, it's hard to see. But anyway, lupus, I don't see actually very commonly anymore. I'm seeing more sort of more difficult ones um, in a way because they're not as obvious. Um, we see polyarthritis um, where a young dog, and that's the thing about these diseases is they're often young dogs and cats. They're usually under five, they're usually under three. Sometimes they're just not even a year old. Um, in the case of polyarthritis, which is immune-mediated polyarthritis, is usually related to the getting vaccinated and then within eight weeks um, developing uh, pretty severe um, debilitating uh, inflammation in the joints and where you feel the joints and they're hot. And the most commonly afflicted joints are the carpus, the knee, the wrist of the front leg and the hock of the back leg. Um, Those are the ones I've seen. And this condition is very responsive to just acupuncture um, because the younger the animal, the more responsive they are to acupuncture. And So seeing them weekly or biweekly for maybe 10 treatments will usually cure most diseases especially if you can not give them whatever the trigger was. And I guess that's the other part about autoimmune diseases and immune diseases is that there's a trigger. It might not be a vaccine. Um, It might be a complicated trigger. It might be, say, a vaccine they've had a lot of times and it hasn't been a problem combined with their diet. So I always say that I have a job because of three things, (laughs) and that is, purebred dogs, vaccinations and over vaccinations especially, um, and kibble. And if I didn't have those three things, I probably wouldn't even be talking about immune-mediated diseases because I think that within that whole realm of genetic sensitivity and food and everything, that's mostly kind of encapsulating the causes. Um, Though I think now we're getting into more chemical Related causes, you know. Um, I'm not sure if there are lawn chemicals or um, that sort of thing. I don't always know what the cause is. Um, I try to find it though, because in the system that I use, which is Nate, Nembo Prad's allergy elimination technique, we, if we find the trigger, we can treat the trigger. So we can sort of peel back the onion layer of the immune system to the original cause and treat that, which is the coolest thing, especially when it works really well, which it doesn't always because these diseases become kind of like, like an onion. There's layers and complications and multiple factors. So anyway, um, that's why I kind of think they're really fun to treat and I like treating them. So this is sort of like interesting in holistic medicine. We like treating what Western medicine doesn't like treating. And so if we could somehow see eye to eye with each other, then we could actually do a lot more good because we wouldn't be treating necessarily the acute cases um, and they wouldn't necessarily be treating the chronic cases. So there you go. We We would sort of be, there'd be more kumbaya going on instead of a lot of whatever's going on now, which is generally misunderstanding and egos getting squashed and all kinds of stuff anyway we're talking about dogs okay so we talked about polyarthritis that's one of the conditions um then there's a condition uh, all the vasculitises so there's a vasculitis that attacks the inside of the ear or the tip of the ear um the ridge of the ear end of the ear and dogs and um, also in dogs, um, they can get a vasculitis kind of condition that attacks their nail beds. So they can get a nail bed disease. We call it nail bed disease. Um, and <clears throat> those are both considered autoimmune diseases. And the one with the ear can result in blood all over the house. So it's very yucky kind of disease. And I've treated it a lot. You basically, with the all of these conditions, what you have to do is... Um, is that you have to i'm going to go into it more in a minute but um you have to try to isolate the and treat the trigger if you can you have to to totally go natural all cleaning supplies everything like seventh generation something just with no perfumes chemicals it's like you have to change your complete american febrezish disgusting lifestyle (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> and um, and then you have to um, clean up the diet. So if you can go all organic, great. You have to do a homemade diet, or sometimes you can get away with um, <clears throat> with a store bought commercial raw raw diets. Chen will be better because the grain in the kibble or <clears throat> the non grain, whatever it is, it still provides heat, and heat is part of our problem. We can never usually feed them chicken, beef, fish or fish oil, um, which provides a big problem because fish oil is really mostly how most companies use or feed the dogs um, omegas. So anyway, um, those are kind of, that's my approach, especially if you don't have a holistic vet that can do acupuncture. Acupuncture with those things is very, very helpful. And then it's the herbs and the herbs are huge and i have i'll get into those in a second um because the best way to really approach it is acupuncture herbs and diet like most conditions but um okay so getting back to more immune-mediated diseases we have immune-mediated disease that affects our own platelets we call thrombocytopenia we have we have a immune-mediated um anemia where we attack our own red blood cells we attack our own joints. I mentioned that we attack the blood vessels. That's the cutaneous. That's the vasculitis diseases. Um, and then there's these conditions that are kind of borderline. So like allergies, skin allergies, um, and uh, and um, inflammatory bowel disease, pancreatitis, chronic pancreatitis. All of these inflammatory conditions that affect the digestive tract. I consider them in the realm of immune mediated disease because the dog is generally reacting to a food maybe not always but very commonly and it's just how it presents itself what are the symptoms of presentation you know so you could itch your skin you could have bloody diarrhea you could vomit every day you could um you know not be able to handle <laughs> Even licking your paws because then you know there's dirt in the paws, or maybe there's chemicals that you're licking all the time. Um, so, yeah, these so if we can kind of boil it down to that, I think it really helps. Um, it's but <clears throat> let's see, why don't I go one and a, oh, and then let's not leave out cats. Cats get thrombocytopenia, they get seizure conditions a lot of seizure conditions i classify as immune mediated um, because they're related to uh too much heat in the liver um that is food allergy related and so changing the foods is you have to change the foods there is just no way i have no idea how anyone can treat these dogs and stay on a kibble diet at all like it's just i don't even it's not even in the possibility of how i could treat them um, so cats, yeah, thrombocytopenia, um, they get skin, they get kind of like a Bowens type thing, which is, I think, squamous cell, but you can also classify some of those skin. Um, oh, I know, uh, eosinophilic plaques. Anytime you hear the word eosinophilic, eosinophils, those are red blood cells that, meet, that basically indicate that the immune system is inappropriately reacting. So an allergy you know so you if the eosinophils are high in the blood work it's one of our markers but i don't really worry about the what the blood work shows anymore i just basically go right into the whole let's fix the diet let's treat the triggers let's isolate your triggers let's um, do acupuncture to shift the immune system and let's do diet to clean out the liver and keep things cooler um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my approach to immune mediated disease. Um, right now, if I look through my book, um, <laughs> most of the conditions are immune mediated, not all, um, we have, oh, I know another one, degenerative myelopathy where they attack their own myelin sheath. Um, and I have, if I look at my book. I have a um, PLE dog, do you guys know what that is? It's um, protein losing enteropathy. So instead of just reacting to the proteins and their amino acid constituents, these dogs will just reject them and not absorb them at all. And so I actually have a dog who has PLE and PLN and that's protein losing nephropathy where they'll pee out the protein. So they won't absorb it digestibly and then they'll pee out what little they have it's like their body is completely rejecting proteins it's just it's just their manifestation most of these dogs are young and they have inflammatory bowel disease that no one's addressing um very well and they get PLN and PLE so what do I do for that the same thing I do for everything so what we do is um We try to isolate the trigger. What caused it? Was it a vaccine? Was it just that it's a purebred dog, which they almost always are, um, and that they have a genetic predisposition? So, you know, it isn't that you over vaccinate the puppy necessarily, but you've over vaccinated the line, the genetic line. So that means your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your, you know, everybody's been over vaccinated um and for me over vaccination means you know i believe in a couple of puppy vaccines at older ages way past what they're doing so the breeders usually vaccinate between six and you know eight weeks of age for the first one usually by the time they go to their home at nine weeks they've had like three sets of vaccines that is absolutely not medically sound and most likely has definitely, at least in part, caused this situation because now the genetic line has been over-vaccinated at a young age, at a young age, at a young age. So now when you have a new line of that purebred dog, it has a miasm and the miasm is the genetic damage that's been caused by over-vaccination and vaccinating too young. So in the perfect world, you would get a mixed breed dog You would um, vaccinate them between 10 and 12 weeks old, the first vaccine, never an earlier one. And then you would vaccinate them again, three weeks later, two weeks later, whatever, one month later, and then they'd get their rabies and that is all they would get. And then in a year they'd get their next rabies. And then after that, it's just rabies every three years. There is no other need for vaccinations. No Lepto, no, no Bordetella. You know how you handle bordetella. You don't kennel your animal. Um, you don't stress your animal and you also keep them on immune system herbs. How can we boost the immune system naturally? Um, and uh, so that is my take on the lepto vaccine is not medically sound. And the bordetella vaccine is not medically sound because <clears throat> neither neither offers immunity more than a few months. Um, if, if you're lucky. And what happens is they're both bacterial vaccines, which means that they trigger the immune system inappropriately quite easily. And so we have those two vaccines also to blame for some of our immune-mediated diseases. And... Um, let me see, so we have those. We try to not use flea medications, um, and well, how do we do that? No, we don't want our animals crawling with fleas though. You know what, if that's the case, then we're ra- we'd rather use flea medication. <laughs> we clean up the diet. We usually recognize that fleas <clears throat> um, like sick animals, so we get those animals off kibble. We get them on live foods, ideally raw foods with greens added and antioxidants, and I'll talk about supplements and herbs here in a second. Um, So that, and our vitamin mix, our vitamin mineral mix is a great flea prevention. And I have a, I have a, I have a, I think I might've done a podcast on that, but I definitely did a YouTube video on how you can make your own vitamin mineral mix. And let me see. Okay. I think that's so, the inflammation, um, it's better to prevent the inflammation from occurring than to try to mop it up afterwards. Um, when I say mop it up afterwards, you know, in conventional medicine, they use prednisone to um, decrease the inflammation, all kinds of steroids, they use um, other nonsteroidal anti inflammatories. But the problem with that is you already have the inflammation and now you have the pharmaceutical pressure of the drug over long periods on the liver and all the intestinal tract. And so basically a dog that's on prednisone long-term for immune disease disease is only, it's kind of sitting in its own uh, excrement because the problem with prednisone is they cannot, the cells can't detoxify um they can't get the um, as well they can't get the waste products out of the cell they can't so everything gets like sludge in the lymphatic system and um there isn't a way to stay clean and be on prednisone a long time so these poor dogs um end up in bad shape from other diseases caused by either the prednisone or the liver disease or the ulcers in the intestinal tract I mean. The list goes on and on. Um, so that's why we don't even use any steroids in our practice. We do not suppress inflammation. We try to hit it where it starts. Um, so, how can we do that? Well, you know, the main thing is understanding the triggers. So, I talked about chicken, beef, grains, and fish and fish oil. Those are really common triggers, not the only. And then I talked about vaccines as triggers. But those are not the only triggers, but those are very common ones. So um, we, do aller- we do muscle testing to find out what other triggers there might be. But if you can't do that, now at least you have the little list. Um, and the reason I think that we, that chicken and beef have become allergens so commonly in America, at least, is because of factory farming and you know right now we have a really bad situation because the agricultural industries have massive power over congress over animal rights advocates that are trying to raise awareness about what they're doing and they are basically tort. i mean my opinion of course i'm a vegan vegetarian at least we do eat some eggs but we don't not eat any dairy products the whole industry all of those industries are torturing animals they are poisoning animals and then guess what that poison and that torture goes into the human that eats it so and the dog and the cat so i'm just really against factory farming and of course that's all the factory farming that's where most pet foods get their get their meat and even organic pet foods you know you'll see oh this one's organic no because the chicken and the beef is from a factory farm um, it's just a really really sad that we think we can just poison our people we poison our animals and then somehow they're going to be healthy from it It's like that's kind of the reality of what's happening. It's very sad um, It's a very big problem because they do they have like limitless pro- power right now they've passed all these ag-gag laws in many many states so if you speak out against them or if you protest them, even maybe if you do a podcast raising awareness, um, you will be in trouble. I am just talking about factory farming because it is one of our triggers into autoimmune disease. Um, that's why we can't use a chicken, we can't use beef most of the time. And um, let me see. So, okay, we're talking about herbs. So most companies make some Autoimmune type situation with the herbs, um, itm, and, and what they're doing, what these herbs are doing is they're trying to trying to redirect the immune system and also cool the blood. Now, some of these herbs can be a little bit dangerous because if you're you you want to cool the blood um, of the animal, of course, because it's all inflamed. But you want to be careful because if you cool the blood too much, you can also damage the. You can damage the pet, you can damage the, if you if you do it for too long. So you have to be careful about, you know, sometimes it's nice to build the blood and then cool the blood, um, but the pet will take longer to get better. And most of these guys, we're trying to get them better in eight to 12 weeks, um, see some type of improvement and then really they get cured um, by about six months. <clears throat> many of them never even have to come back and that's just if they're a little bit older and more complicated the younger ones um often just the acupuncture like i say 10 sessions and they're usually good to go um so i'll talk about the acupuncture points if i can remember here in a a minute because you can also acupressure them um but as far as the herbs um itm makes something called reconcealing um con herbs makes tinctured forms of course being in an alcohol base a little bit harder to work with because alcohol itself is heating but they make temper fire um which is basically azure by di which a golden flower makes and those that one is nice because that one it can strengthens the kidneys at the same time as it cools the blood um really good for skin manifestations and in western herbs um, what we do, we have a blood build herb that I've created. Um, and what we do is we put these immune-mediated guys on the blood build herb and then something to cool. So you're basically building and shifting the immune system at the bone marrow level if you can, and then you're cooling the blood maybe with another formula. The idea of cooling the blood is most important when someone isn't willing to change the diet. If you're able to change a diet, you can cool the blood by just giving detoxifying vegetables. So that's like cilantro, parsley, you know, I'm talking about grinding them in a food processor and giving them to the dog. Um, gosh, uh, any of your, anything that cools and cleans. So beet greens, a little bit of beets, um, let's see what else cools and cleans i usually use turnip usually that's steamed though and turnips not cooling it's a little warming but it's a prebiotic so that's the other thing these guys their biome is a mess like a mess (laughs) you have to fix the biome however you're going to do it probiotics prebiotics um the problem with pre probiotics is a lot of them are grown on potential allergens or triggers. So they could be grown, if they're grown on dairy, then that can be a trigger. I forgot to tell you guys that Uh, beef dairy is often a trigger. Goat dairy is not always a trigger, but it, it can be. All proteins need to be changed. So basically the dog is on the protein for three weeks or one month at the most, and then it shifts. So what about that? What does that mean? The protein has to be single and shifting. So, and that's the way we do that is we keep them on one protein, even treats and everything. It all is one protein. And then in four weeks, we shift it to the next protein. And then we shift it to the next protein in four weeks. And then we can come back to the original protein. So, we can shift between three and come back. Why do we do that? We do that because the dog is looking for what protein, proteins are the hugest trigger in these conditions, what protein they can start reacting to. And why do dogs wanna react to proteins? It all I think starts with vaccines and miasms because the vaccines are grown on egg and chicken tissue. And I think that's one of the reasons why these guys start reacting to proteins um, at young ages. The acupuncture points that we use, we use large intestine, um, we use the immune gates. So large intestine 11 on the elbow, large intestine four on the front dewclaw, liver three on the back where the back dewclaw would be and spleen six on the back leg. Um, other helpful points can be bladder 40 on the back of the hind legs. And um, sometimes some of the back shoe points can be helpful, but really we're trying to work with mostly with those immune gates trying to shift the energy, trying to change the immune systems focus. So anyway, um, hope this was helpful. Please comment and share and, and follow and all of those things. It really helps us out. And if you can jump over to YouTube and subscribe that even more helps us out. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day. Bye.